Alex fans. Are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Jones. And we have a great show for you this week. It's the You Can't Win Here show, Eddie, as the Ducks uh, took out Calgary twice this week. So it's an exciting show. We're going to be talking about the Ducks games. Uh, they went on that road trip up to Canada. They had you know some kind of iffy games and then obviously some good games. Um, the last game at home against uh, Calgary was definitely the best one, as you all saw. There's some videos we posted on Twitter. We'll get into all of that. Tons of injury uh, news that we got to cover, uh, mainly the Ducks' defense. We'll go into that. We'll talk about the playoff picture. We'll also talk about the NHL and the Olympics and the whole uh, debacle with that. But let's go back to this road trip, Eddie. The Ducks went to Vancouver first, uh, still battling it out for first place. And they went there and they basically demolished uh, the Canucks. They uh, started off with three goals in the first period there, um, Perry, Eves, and Richie. And basically the Ducks rolled from that point on, Eddie. They took out the Canucks even without Getzloff, as we found out last minute. He wasn't able to go because of an upper body injury. Yeah, and they got on them early. I mean, you scored 23 seconds into the first period, and then Eves scores uh, just over a minute later. I mean... Well, you can't ask for a better start. It, it it was an easier game. We said before on the last podcast that this is a game they should be winning against a team who's not in the playoffs. And, of course, they came out and they played strong in this one. Uh, but, you know, the points matter. And when you look at the standings right now, there, there's uh, little separating the Ducks uh, from the Sharks and the Oilers right now. So any game matters. And, and a big 4-1 win in this one was was a strong effort all the way throughout. Yeah, the Ducks, uh, they had more, you know, four more shots on goal than the Canucks. Uh, faceoffs were kind of even, so, you know, the Ducks didn't really dominate there. Uh, the power play was 0 for 4. Again, we talked about that. That's kind of been the weakness of the Ducks heading into the, uh, the you know, the end of the season here. Uh, obviously, there's some other concerns with uh, the defense that we're going to have to talk about. But as far as their play overall, the Ducks have been doing great in all areas of the, of the game, uh, just mainly the power play. That's only been the thing that's still concerning me a little bit, Eddie. Uh, this game, they went 0 for 4. Yeah, and it, you know this was the trend uh, leading up to this game as well as it had been struggling all season. Uh, it picked up a little bit later on in the week, uh, especially in the games against Calgary. It picked up uh, a couple crazy games there, and hopefully now uh, you know it's starting to trend upwards with with the with it picking up, and hopefully we can see a system that they're starting to work out here. And and obviously. Um, you know, you still got the same guys out there, but hopefully they're working out some of the kinks and, and come playoff time, it's it's going to be important to get those key power play goals. You can't have it go completely cold and, and expect to, to move on to the next round. Yeah, exactly, Eddie, and that's what we talked about has been, you know, the part of the issue is not that they got to dominate on it, but, you know, they got to cash in once in a while. Uh, also, you know, Bernier was in net in that Vancouver game. You know, he did well. He also uh, went again in the uh, the Winnipeg game that was next up. This was another game that you and I talked about. We, th- we thought the Ducks would, you know, win the the uh, Vancouver game in this game. And we, t- we talked about how both these opponents, you know, anybody can win on any given day. And the way that this game started out, you thought maybe the Ducks had a chance to win this one. Uh, Silverberg and then Perry again. Perry starting to heat up. Uh, you know, Perry had actually two goals in this game uh, and one on the power play. As you talked about, the Ducks did go one for two on the power play. But we saw the Ducks revert back to some early season play, Eddie. Uh, the third period, 
they basically went to sleep. I mean, for lack of a better term, you know, they got outshot by the Jets in this game, 41 to 28, and it came back to bite the Ducks. Uh, our favorite, Dustin Bufflin, who loves to hit players in the back of the head like Corey Perry, uh, scored with 12 seconds left in this game. It went to overtime. That, of course, you know, everybody moans. Once that overtime comes up, we're all like, great, can we at least get to the shootout? No, the Ducks lose. Shifley scores. And the Ducks earned a point in this one, but you, you got to be a little frustrated, Eddie. We, we've seen this back in October, November. We thought the Ducks cured it, and it kind of reared its ugly head in this game as the Ducks gave away an extra point. Yeah, I mean, they played a, a great 40 minutes, and then that was it. Like you said, you go into the third period, uh, and Winnipeg just turned it on. I mean, their speed, especially from guys like Nikolai Ehlers, you know, he had two assists on, on the final two goals in the third period. And Dustin Bufflin, uh, I mean, not his speed, but just his size and, and his presence took over this game. Um, and, you know, it's disappointing at the end for for it to end so late like that and for the, the Jets to the goal with 12 seconds to go. He thought the Ducks might be able to hold on despite playing such a poor third period. Uh, but, I, I mean, it, it's good. Obviously, they got the one point. You know, great for Perry to get two goals in this game. But this is a game that they should have won. Uh, one of the best third-period teams in the NHL, and for them to play so poorly for once in the third period, it's a little bit disappointing. Yeah, and I mean, if you're and if you're keeping a record at home in that third period, Winnipeg outshot the Ducks seventeen to two. So, I mean, look at that. I mean, in, in the beginning, you know, the Ducks had twenty-six shots to Winnipeg's twenty-two in the first forty minutes, and then Winnipeg goes on dominates. Even in the overtime, Winnipeg had two shots, the Ducks had none. So. From the second period on through the overtime, the Ducks only had two shots on goal. That's completely unacceptable. It's the Jets who are not even in the playoffs. You know, they're playing for pride, which I had mentioned in the game preview before, you know, playing for pride. And I think you and I talked about it on the show, too. It's a it's a it's a dangerous uh, weapon for a team, you know, especially a team like the Jets. You know, they they get up to play against the Ducks. So definitely frustrating because now the Ducks go into the back to back scenario. They got Edmonton and Calgary on, you know, last Saturday and Sunday. Instead of being two points up on Edmonton, they're a point up on Edmonton. They go into that game, and we wondered what would happen in terms of the goalie situation, Eddie. And this is the one where Gibson came in and played, uh, and then uh, Bernier took the second game. And so this was a huge game. Uh, you had the teams battling it out at, at this point. Uh, you know anybody could really uh, you know win the division, and. Uh, Edmonton, you know, they scored first in this one. McDavid, you know, he's been scored the last two games now against the Ducks. Um, we did see the Ducks cash in on the power play, as you talked about. They got better this week at Getzloff and Eves. Uh, Getzloff's rocket of a shot on that power play was was great to see. Eves has been dominating. We'll talk about uh, some of his stats, uh, you know, since he's been a member of the Ducks. But the Ducks couldn't hold on in this one either, Eddie, just like that game against the Jets. It, it looked like the Ducks would win. They were up 2-1. to one late in the third, and then another favorite player of Ducks fans, Milan Lucic, scores with just under two minutes to go to force overtime. Mind you, it was on a power play on a very questionable, cheesy call. I'm sorry, it was a weak call. But anyways, they, they tied up the game and then go to overtime. The same thing happens. The Ducks lose in overtime, and now they end up tied for first with Edmonton because they gained a point, but Edmonton gained two in this one, Eddie. Yeah, and really, I mean, the Ducks were lucky, I think, to get a point out of this game. I think if anybody deserved to win this game, it was John Gibson. He played a great game, despite obviously giving up the three goals. But, you know, he played a strong game in this one, a good return to action for him. But, yeah, I mean, it's disappointing. This, You know, obviously right now it doesn't matter with, with the Ducks being four points up on the Oilers. But when this game was played, it was a big game. It was a four-point game. 
the the winner would be leading the Pacific Division, and the fact that you know the last two games against Edmonton, you know we were talking about how Kessler had shut down Connor McDavid up until that point. You know he had only two points in the six games that they played, and in the last two games that he's played against us, he has three points in both games, and he's been dominant. And in the end, the other end of that as well is Leon Dreisaitl. I mean, he's been a thorn in the, in the duck side every time they play the Oilers. Uh, he's one of the guys that always seems to be on the score sheet when the Ducks play the Oilers. And, and this is a possible matchup somewhere throughout the playoffs for the Ducks. So they're going to have to be able to contain both these guys if they're, if they're going to move on and, and possibly play the, the Oilers in the second round. Yeah, and you know what was frustrating too in this game, just like the last one, you know, uh, we had talked about uh, Getzloff was out in the Vancouver game, then he came back, he played, you know, in the Winnipeg, Edmonton game, he's played all the rest of these games. So the Ducks had all their forwards in these last two games, but in this one, they only managed 18 shots on goal. I mean, it's very just dis- dis- disappointing because uh, the Oilers had 37. So the last two games, the shot disparity uh, has been, you know, not good for the Ducks. And like you said, the Jets game, it was a little bit different. The Ducks came out, played very well the first, uh, you know, 40 minutes. Um, and like you said, in this one, Gibson really uh, kept the team together, especially early on. He had to make some big saves or else, uh, you know, Edmonton could have had a couple extra goals in this game. But a little concerning, Eddie, that the Ducks, you know, you want to get 20 plus shots on goal in this game. They only managed 18. Yeah, and I think the main issue this game against the Oilers was they weren't getting a lot of shots on the blue line. And when the Ducks do that, you see them reach 30, 40 shots on the season. And in this game, I mean, they only had three shots from the blue line. They had one shot from Vaughn and two shots from Lindholm. And, you know, you even you even look towards the next game where they had 34 shots against the Flames. I mean, BX had two shots. Fowler had five. Holter had two. Manson had three. Theodore had two. I, I mean, that's when the Ducks are playing their game, when they're getting a lot of shots from the blue line, they're getting bodies to the net, and, and they're, they're going for the rebounds. And, and they just couldn't get their game established uh, against the Oilers. And, and, I mean, credit to them. The Oilers aren't a team that you would credit to be a, a great defensive team, but they played a solid game in this one. They limited the, the, the Ducks' chance to the blue line. They played aggressive. And, you know, when you're playing a guy like Connor McDavid and how fast he is, it makes the blue line really think. Uh, and, and, you know, they, they've got to make quick passes on the blue line and they're, they're not able to get shots through. So um, I think that's something, obviously, we see improve against the games in Calgary. But, again, if they're going to play the Oilers um, in, in the playoffs, they're going to have to, to look to get more shots from the blue line. Yeah, exactly. I, I, you know, we talked about it before, and we'll talk about it a little bit later in the show. But if it came down to the Ducks playing the Oilers or the Flames, uh, I'd rather have the Ducks play the Flames, and, and we'll talk about those two games in a minute here. But uh, part of the problem going on with the Ducks right now is the injury news, and in this game, two different Ducks players were injured, Eddie, and of course, both from the blue line. Um, Lindholm uh, had some kind of upper body injury. We don't know exactly what it is. Uh, it sounded like it was maybe some kind of nagging injury he had before, and it got a little bit worse. And so we didn't get to see him play in the last couple of games. His status is still up in the air. Um, you know, the Ducks are going to be taking on, obviously, uh, Chicago and the Kings in the last uh, couple of games here. So we don't know what's going on with him. Vatanen took a puck up high, kind of around the, uh, the shoulder area, it looked like, maybe close to the head. And he was out, too. So... Unfortunately, not only did the Ducks, uh, you know, lose this game. I mean, at the at this uh, time, like you had said, it was a bigger game. Obviously, the Ducks are back in control of their own destiny. Thank you, Flames. But um, they had lost two players in this one and had to go forward. So it's kind of a little bit of a concern. And we'll get to some more updates. But the Ducks are really thin at the blue line, Eddie, uh, as they go down these final games. 
Yeah, I, I mean, losing Lindholm and Vaughn, and hopefully it, it doesn't seem that it's long-term, but even in the last two games, uh, you know, it, the Ducks have been lucky that they've had this, this depth on defense that we've talked about it's for so much around the trade deadline and before that and before the season. You know, the, the Ducks are one of the deepest teams on the blue line, and being able to call up guys like Theodore and Montour to fill those two spots, you know, it's it's almost like having a Lindholm and Vaughton in light and having two guys who are very similar, just a bit younger, uh, to, to fill in. And, you know, obviously we're, it worked out and it was sufficient enough for these two games in Calgary as they, they got wins in both of them where Theodore and Montour both played. So it, it's great to be able to have those guys to fill temporarily. Uh, but come playoffs, I mean, for, for sure you're going to want to have Hampus Lindholm in the lineup every game uh, that you play in the playoffs. And, and obviously Sammy Votnin is an important part to that as well. And, and now obviously with Cam Fowler going down, I mean, the Ducks are lucky to have this this much depth on defense. If it was any other team and you had your three top defensemen go down, uh, it wouldn't be looking good going into the playoffs. Yeah, and that's the concern. We'll get a little bit more of that. We've got a lot of fan questions, and like 90% are about the defense and injuries. So we'll, we'll cover all of that. But like you said, it is a big deal. So the Ducks, uh, without Lindholm, without Botnan, they then go play Calgary in the you know the back to back scenario. Bernier comes in net, uh, you know, obviously with Gibson playing against Edmonton. And the Ducks go with Bieksa, uh, Fowler, Holzer, uh, Manson, Theodore, and Montour in this game. Uh, the, the game starts out good for the Ducks again. Uh, Eve scores again uh, on the power play. Silverberg chips in. It, it looks good. The Ducks are up 2-0 in the first period. Uh, then Versteeg decides that you know he wants to come back for uh, the Flames in this game. He gets two goals, uh, both on the power play. Uh, they make it 2-2. Two two. And then the uh, high-powered offensive German tank Holzer scores and gets the Ducks back to 3-2. to two. Uh, You know, his second goal of the year. Haha. Ha. But anyways, he get, you know, chips in there. Big, big goal for the Ducks. Uh, Froelich comes back, ties up the game. And this game was just back and forth, back and forth. 3-3 late in the third period, Eddie. It looks like the Ducks are going to go to another overtime game. We're sitting here going, please, God, no. Obviously, we all hate the overtime, and we know the Ducks do too. And Logan Shaw comes in. Uh, gets a nice goal uh, with uh, Kessler and Cogliano helping out on that play. Huge, huge goal. The Ducks end up edging the Flames in this one, 4-3, to three, Eddie. And just a big win after those two disappointing losses. Ducks played a lot better um, in the faceoff. They got a power play goal, more shots, everything. This was a much better game by the Ducks. Yeah, and, and you, like you said, it is a big win. It, it prevented them from falling into the wild card and give them enough points that they would only finish in the top three in the Pacific Division. Um, obviously, the same night... Uh, the uh, the Kings, I believe, beat the Oilers, so it gave the Ducks a, a two-point advantage on, on the Oilers as well. So, you know, a big game all around there. And, and I think it was key that they were able to grind out this win. I, I think they, they definitely deserved it. Uh, Brian Elliott gave the Flames a, a more of a chance than anybody in this game. <laughs> he made some key saves on, on Raquel and Eves right in, in front of the net couple good glove saves and, and, and i mean it, he kept them in it and, and for logan shaw and kerbinian Kirb, holzer to get on the board and and get the the game uh the the third and fourth goal of the game um like logan shaw getting the game winner uh, i mean that's great for the ducks and you're going to need those guys to chip in um at key times like that especially going into the playoffs so a big win um against a, a tough team a team that we might see in the first round in the playoffs which would be a a crazy first round. I remember the last time we played them in the second round a couple seasons ago and how crazy of a of a second round that was. So 
after the shenanigans this of uh, these last two games to see them play each other in the first round would be intense. Yeah, and, and you talk about the shenanigans. You know, this game was pretty mild. You know, back I mean, obviously back and forth, and the Ducks were able to pull it out. And then with the weird uh, scheduling, the Ducks then came home and played Calgary again in this back-to-back uh, scenario. And um, you know, this the beginning of this game, the Ducks didn't play as well. I mean, they they weren't getting shots on goal in the first period. Uh, Backlund scored. They were you know the Flames were up one nothing. Uh, after after that first twenty minutes, you were kind of like, well, hey, what are, what are the guys doing? Because they had you know played a decent game against them on the road. The Ducks got outshot eleven to three in the first period. Uh, you know, kind of trying to figure out what what was going to happen. Uh, the second period, uh, Eve strikes again. As we'll talk about how he's been doing with the Ducks, but he struck early. Um, this play was an awesome play, Eddie. Uh, if, if you didn't catch this goal, uh, gets off off the face off shovels the puck right at Elliott, gets him caught off guard. He leaves a fat rebound, and Eves puts it in. It was just a great play. We've seen Getzloff do that a couple times off the faceoff. Um, it's just a super dangerous uh, uh, tactic, and I love it, and it worked. So the Ducks were able to tie it up early. Uh, Bieksa, again, another high-powered score for the Ducks, comes through. Uh, on a little bit of an iffy play, we know that there was a review. It took a, a long time. I uh, Personally, when I saw it, Eddie, I didn't think it was going to count. But when you go by the rules, you and I talked about if it's inconclusive, which, I mean, it was close, but you couldn't quite tell. They, it, it upheld, and the, and the Ducks had a 2-1 to one lead, which was huge. You talked about secondary scoring. Chris uh, Wagner, you know, one of my favorites, scores. And, you know, the Ducks are up 3-1, to one, and they go on to win this game. But that's not the story in this game, Eddie. Uh, yeah, the Ducks won, and it was huge. You know, they're in control of their own destiny. But the big play in here is uh, Giordano. He hits Fowler. Goes down a heap, his knees hurt, he does not come back in this game, and then Eddie, after that, all hell breaks loose the rest of this game. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> there's 76 <laughs> penalty minutes for the Flames, 36 for the Ducks, a majority <laughs> of them coming after that hit on Cam Fowler, and uh, I mean, yeah, it, it just got insane after that. Immediately, Josh Manson goes after Giordano, roughs him up a bit, you get Backlund getting in a fight after that as well, Kessler roughing up. Uh, you you had penalties left, right, and center. Flames had a five on three at one point. Ducks killed that off. The Ducks had a couple power plays to finish the game too, uh, and it was just insane. It was it was just chippy from that moment on. You had Matthew Kachuk and Corey Perry getting into it. I mean, this is a team where you've got a lot of guys who who can get under your skin, and you, for both these teams to meet and for something like that to happen, you know, you've got a lot of blood boiling, and and there was a lot of guys in the penalty box at one point. I mean, the Ducks had two. Uh, two usable defensemen at one point yes. in this game in the third period. They had, uh, I believe, Kevin Bieksa, and I think it was uh, uh, Theodore Manson that were out there. And you only had two out there. You had Getzloff playing defense at one point, and he got a yes. penalty, and you had to put somebody else <laughs> on defense. So, yeah, it was a crazy game. I mean, obviously the big story is Fowler and if he's going to be okay. And, you know, obviously the way we all saw the hit and the way he went down and the way his knee bent, it doesn't look good. Obviously no news on that other than the fact that he, he went for an MRI the other day. He's listed as day-to-day right now, but, uh, you know, we both kind of agree that's most likely just a precautionary, just to put something out there and let everybody know where, where they're at right now. But the MRI will, will tell them everything. And, I mean, that's kind of what we're waiting on right now. Fowler is the guy who eats the most minutes for this team. He's been the most valuable defenseman, arguably, for them all season. And and to have him possibly hurt long-term and not be available for, 
if not maybe the first round, second round, or even the whole playoffs, depending on how far the Ducks go. That's a big loss uh, at this point in the season. Yeah, I agree, Hedy. It's freaking huge. I mean, the way the Ducks have been playing lately, you and I talked about it. They look, you know, primed to make a good run now. Uh, you know, probably three, four weeks ago, it wasn't the case, but they've really turned it on. And then to have this happen, and then, mind you, uh, Giordano doesn't even get reviewed, nothing. Um, his comment was there was no intent or whatever, but I call that as BS. If you look at the play, he's sitting, you know, in a position where he's got his knee extended, and he takes a long stride at Fowler. Maybe he didn't intend to hit him on the knee, but he has his knee bent, extended, going towards his legs. For a good two, three seconds. I'm sorry. that That's BS. And the fact nothing was called, nothing was reviewed, that I think infuriated me. And I'm sure it infuriated all of you listening out there. So who comes to the rescue? You know, Another one of my favorites, Josh Manson. He comes out there, lays the uppercut on Giordano, knocks him out. Um, you can <laughs> see that video on our Twitter. I know you guys love that one. That one's been going pretty, pretty viral with the hashtag, we are all Josh Manson, which I'm glad he did that. And I don't care what Giordano says. That was a dirty play. Uh, I'm sorry. It wasn't that he just hit him right when he went by him. He was extended for a good couple, two, three seconds, Eddie. That's what makes me upset about it. It wasn't just a bang-bang play. And for him to act like there was no intent, maybe there was an intent, but the positioning that he did, it's a bad play. And the fact that nothing happened, it's just unfortunate because you see the Ducks now, Lindholm, Vatten, and Fowler, you know, arguably your, your top half defensive core is hurt. Um, it's just very frustrating, and we're still waiting to see who can all come back. We know Votnin, according to Eric Stevens, said he could be back for this game against Chicago and the Kings, but the Ducks are thin at the blue line, and for this to happen and then for him not to get any repercussion, it's just baffling to me. Yeah, and it's the where, when the hit comes to. I mean, Fowler breaks into the zone, fires a shot off, a couple seconds go by, and then Giordano hits him. I mean, yep. that's exactly. one of the most disappointing things to me is – is the fact also that there was no penalty on the play. Obviously, Josh Manson took that into his own hands and, <laughs> and and got some redemption for that. But yeah, like I mean, it doesn't really matter. It all comes down to us. Yeah, you know, we're all we're all happy. Josh Manson beat the the crap out of Giordano, and you know, there's a lot of fights. Exciting game. Ducks won. But like we said before, you know, Fowler's been their best defenseman. He plays 25 most of the time. Plays 25 minutes, 27 minutes a night, and to have that not in the lineup for the foreseeable future is going to be is going to be huge. Guys are going to have to fill spots. Theodore is probably going to come up and play 20 minutes. Montour is going to have to play close to 20 minutes. Manson's is going to have to play more. Lindholm is going to have, probably have to play 25 minutes a night, which is fine. And we know he can do that, but uh, Vaughn is going to have to come in and play close to that. And the minutes are going to have to be spread out. And hopefully, you know, we hear back today and it, it's not as bad as it looked, but I mean, the way, you know, we, the way we all saw that hit, and the way his knee bent, it, it doesn't look good. Yeah, and I mean, I, you know, as we're doing the podcast now, obviously I'm monitoring all the news feeds and whatnot and trying to see any any other kind of news or anything from some of the people I know. And, you know, obviously the Ducks are keeping a super tight lip on this because, as we've talked about before, when it becomes, uh, you know, uh, close to playoff time and teams in the playoffs, you know, they're not going to want to release information. They, they keep it, you know, pretty much under wraps. But, <sighs> we're just hoping that it's not long-term, so we're going to have to see. Um, the other uh, part of this game that was the funny part is, uh, obviously, if you were either there at the game or you heard on TV, was the uh, You Can't Win Here chant, uh, which was <laughs> pretty hilarious. Um, if you weren't keeping track, but the Ducks have the longest winning streak 
at home against an opponent in the NHL, obviously the Flames. Uh, they've beaten them 25 times now in the regular season, Eddie, going back to 2004. Yeah, I mean, it's just a crazy streak. Uh, <laughs> like the fact, you just think of how many different teams that they've had, how many different players have played for this team. Uh, I mean, in, in over those 25 years, and the fact, like the fact that they can just keep winning and the Honda Center is such a bad place for the Flames to play, it's insane. I mean, we, we joke about it every time that we, we see a game on the schedule where the Ducks are playing the Flames at home that it's a guaranteed win, and it, it almost seems like that now. I mean, <laughs> it it's has been, been so long. <laughs> Uh, it's been over 13 years, 25 different games, multitude of different players, uh, different goalies, different different rosters, different superstars on teams. I mean, Getzlaff and Perry were, were rookies <laughs> as far back as you can go when uh, when this streak started. I mean, it's just insane. I mean, the streak started before the first lockout. I mean, that's how far back yep. this goes. It's just insane. And and it, it makes it even crazy that they, these teams play in the same division too. I mean, they play each other more often than if it was say the Ducks and and, and the the Leafs, and it was a streak that the Leafs can't beat the Ducks at Honda Center over twenty five games. I mean, these guys exactly. play each other two or three times a year at home uh, at Honda Center, and the fact that the Ducks could just keep winning and I don't know what it is. I mean, maybe the players it just gets in their head, uh, or it's just one of those things. It's just one of those streaks that you can't explain. It just keeps happening. Yeah, and if you look at this streak, too, you go back to 2004, it was the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim playing at Arrowhead Pond. So, <laughs> I mean, that's how far back we're going here, you know, is after the Ducks, you know, made their, their run back, you know, in 2002-2003 season, uh, you know, shortly after that. But, I mean, you're going back before the team changed colors and the, the building changed name and all that. So, very crazy streak, and, and like you and I had talked about in previous shows, it, I mean, if the Ducks are going to play a team in the first round, that's who we kind of, you know, not saying that they would beat them outright. I mean, we saw what happened the last time they met, too, but they think they'd have a good chance, and the way that it looks now that it, that might be the case, we're going to talk about all the uh, the playoff scenarios across the league in a little bit, but that's how it looks. Now, as far as the team goes on the defensive issue, this is like all your fan questions. Everybody wants to know about Fowler, Lindholm, uh, Votnin, Stoner, all, all these questions. So a bunch of people were asking about Fowler and Lindholm. Uh, Daniel asked about some of the questions, the deep pairings. Uh, Daniel was pissed about the Giordano hit, like I'm sure all of you are. Um, and, and obviously Eddie and I have talked about too, but if we're looking at it now, it gets even more complicated, Eddie. Uh, Holzer went back to his hometown in Germany. Um, we don't know exactly why. Some kind of personal issues. So now you look at the Ducks' uh, defensive core. You're down. Uh, Lindholm, Fowler, Holzer. Um, is supposed to be back. It, it's it's kind of a tenuous situation. I mean, you've got uh, Botnin and Montour, uh, Theodore and Manson, and then Stoner, they said, wasn't cleared on yesterday. But if he's cleared, then you'd have Stoner and BX. So that's that's all you have, Eddie. You only have six defensemen right now, it, You know, if even Stoner can go. Yeah, and, and I mean, if he can't, you're looking at the goals in Columbus. Another player from them, I mean, we already got Theodore up. We've already got Montour, I mean, who I guess has actually solidified his spot on the Ducks uh, so far this season. But, yeah, you're looking at maybe calling up Schultz, calling up uh, – uh, Walensky, maybe calling up Nate Ginnon. I mean, that might be an option for the Ducks if Stoner isn't ready to go. It has to be. I mean, other you can't play with five defensemen. I, I doubt they would do that, especially against a team like the Blackhawks. And and this game still meaning something if the Ducks want to uh, solidify winning the Pacific Division. So, 
it, yeah, it, it's a tough situation to be in. Obviously, it's nice to have Theodore and Montour play more games. It, it's great to, to, you know, you got BX there. You've got Manson who's still playing. But, yeah, I, I mean, Vatnin coming back will be great for the Ducks if he's for sure ready to go. He said he's ready to go, so hopefully he's playing tonight as well. Um, and, and honestly, I do hope Stoner's ready. Um, it'd be nice to see him to get some, some time before the playoffs, especially if Fowler is going to be out long-term. He's a guy that we're going to see most likely play in the top six come playoff time. So it, it's important to see him get back in the lineup. But if not, like, yeah, I mean, the, the goals are going to lose more players to us and, and they're battling for p- playoff position too. So I'm hoping that uh, it doesn't affect their, their season as well. Yeah, exactly. You know, we put out the the last uh, bi-weekly report on the goals, and the goals are in the playoffs, obviously, if you haven't been following that. So they've been doing very well. And uh, Enroth went back down there once uh, Gibson was uh, okay. So um, that would be a blow to them because the Ducks got to figure this out. I mean, Stoner did play a couple of games down there. You know, he got that one fight too. So he, he seemed okay, but they, they said he wasn't officially cleared yet. Uh, was the last word we heard as far as playing with the Ducks. But I think he'd be good to go. So that's kind of what you're looking at. You're looking at basically the six defensemen. As you mentioned, if one, if for some reason Botner or Stone are not able to go, then they're going to have to pull up one of those guys. Uh, as you mentioned from the goals, maybe Schultz, Magna, Ginnon, uh, Walensky. One of those guys probably be uh, our likely bet if they do. They may even bring one of those up anyways, Eddie, because if the Ducks have Botner and Stoner, they're only going to have six uh, they may want that seventh guy. I mean, it also depends on on what's going on with Lindholm. We haven't heard an update on him yet either. So that's the only thing that really scares me right now with the Ducks. I mean, they're playing a lot better. They're starting to score on the power play. Um, you know, everybody's starting to you know score. Perry's getting back on there the scoring. Silverberg's doing his thing. Eves has been blowing it up. Um, that's really what it looks like right now for the Ducks. Uh, the Ducks also did recall Kase again. You know, they, they had him up earlier on the road trip when Getzoff was questionable. So they brought him back up. So we'll have to wait and see if somebody else comes up. Um, but with the way the Ducks are going now, Eddie, uh, I think you have to like what's going on. Uh, you know, Raymond asked the question about uh, Silverberg and his contract and if he's paying off. And I'd have to say yes. I think that that kessler cogliano Silverberg line has been doing well. Um, the only the only question, as you mentioned earlier, was they didn't really shut down McDavid the last couple of games, and and that's a little bit frustrating. I mean, obviously they they played the line changing game in that uh, Edmonton game uh, since they had home ice, but um, that's probably you know we haven't talked about all the playoff matchups yet. But if the Ducks are going to play Edmonton, that's probably the only concern I see. But otherwise, yes, uh, I love the way Silverberg has been playing as of late. Yeah, and. and- by no means is it an easy thing to do to shut down Connor McDavid. I, I exactly. Mean, I was surprised before the last two games that the Heat only had two points in the first six games against the Ducks. I mean, a matter of time before he figured things out and, and was able to, to get a step ahead of, of Ryan Kessler. As good as Ryan Kessler is as defensive forward, I mean, this is arguably one of the best players in the NHL right now. He has the most points in the NHL. He's got 95. Probably the only guy who could reach 100 this season. You know, there's a reason why he's had three points in, in each of the last two games against the Ducks. But you know, the Ducks have still been able to grind out and, and get points in, in both of those games. So I mean, it you know, it's gonna it's gonna be impossible to shut him down for seven straight games. But the Ducks are gonna have to grind out wins if they're gonna play him in the second round. And I think they they can do that. I mean, you look at their last twelve games; they're on a twelve game point streak. They're nine zero and three. Um, and I think the most important stat here is since February fourteenth, they're twelve one and one against 
teams in a playoff position entering yesterday. So, I mean, that's great. That's something about the Ducks that we've criticized in past seasons, you know, winning the easy games but not showing up against teams who are in playoff positions. And for them to be 12-1-1 against those teams uh, for over for more than over a month for you know and over the last 14 games 12 wins and, and points in 13 you know that that's an important stat heading into the playoffs yeah exactly and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago we said this is what the ducks need to do and they've done it so now the only question is them trying to stay healthy that's the big issue obviously and we're providing the updates as much as we have them uh you know another thing is the ducks for the fourth season in a row uh, achieved the 100 point feat um, the only other team to do that in the last four seasons is our favorite, the Chicago Blackhawks. So that's where the Ducks are at in terms of, of you know point totals. But uh, George had a question about it. He wonders, since the Ducks, you know, even though they've been getting over 100 points, and you have the stats on the set, they've been getting a little bit less each year. Do you think that they're maybe sliding a little bit, or do you think the Pacific Division is getting tougher? What's your take on that? I, I kind of lean towards the Pacific is getting a little bit tougher because getting over 100 points each season, whether it's a few or, or, or more, as you'll discuss, is still a good feat. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I, I mean, you go back to 13-14, uh, I mean, that's their best season ever. They had 116 points. They had 54 wins, um, you know, Nothing could top that. They were a great team that that season as well. And then 109 the season after that. Uh, then 103 last year, and they're out, sitting at 101 with two games to go. So they could still pass 103 and and actually be uh, better than last season. But yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I, I mean, obviously you've got Getzlaff, Perry, Kessler getting a little bit older. Um, you got a lot of young guys in the lineup this year, so it's understandable. And we've seen a little bit of a transition. Um, through the you know, younger defense coming in with Theodore and Montour, Raquel emerging, uh, Richie starting to, to show that he's ready to play. So, uh, And then, yeah, with, with Edmonton finally being good, with Calgary starting to be a very good team as well, um, you've got the Sharks, obviously, who are always good. So having four very competitive teams, and then the Kings too. I mean, they're still competitive uh, every season, even though they missed the playoffs this year. They're still a tough team to play. They always play the Ducks hard. So to have you know that many teams that are competitive that you play so many times a year, it, it's definitely it's a factor in, in having less points. But I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, yes, it's going down, but it's going down from 116 points. I mean, that's, like I said, the Ducks' best season ever. That's a, over 70 point, uh, 70% point percentage. I mean, if you're if you're sitting around 100 points, you're doing something right. And, and if it, you know, it still could be more than last season. So I don't think it's anything to worry about. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't think there's any issue as far as the points. Like you said, getting over 100, you know, winning the division too, which, I mean, we talked about winning the division and, and we don't really care. The players say they don't care. Obviously, you want to play well and the Ducks are. So the way it looks right now is the, the Ducks are in first place with 101 points. Uh, Edmonton's behind them by uh, four points, but they do have a game in hand. Uh, if the Ducks do win out, then uh, either uh, win or and uh, some kind of a point in the other game. If they get at least three points out of the next um, two games, they will make it because uh, Edmonton can only get up to 103. So if the Ducks get to 104, they will be good to go. So the, it's still not solid yet on the on the playoff picture. It looks like the Ducks could end up in first. They're in a good spot. The, you know, we got Edmonton and San Jose playing each other. I uh, have to see how that game pans out. And then Calgary is definitely going to be. Um, Either the first or second wild card. They and Nashville are both tied with 92 points. Uh, Calgary has two more regulation slash overtime wins that that row category. So 
the way it looks like now in at least the Western Conference, Eddie, you've got Chicago uh, solid as first in their division. Um, Minnesota second. St. Louis um, is also battling it out with Nashville. They're a point ahead of Nashville, but they have a game in hand too. So there could be a little bit of flip-flopping there. But it's pretty solidified. Uh, at least we know the teams that are in in the Western Conference, just not the positioning. But for the Ducks, uh, right now, if it was to begin, they would play Calgary. Edmonton would play San Jose in the Pacific. So, um, no, I think that's a good route for the Ducks. I mean, like to see Edmonton and San Jose beat each other up, and hopefully the Ducks take out Calgary. I kind of like that, but obviously we're going to have to wait a couple of days and, and see what happens, Eddie. Yeah, yeah. The, the most likely opponents are, are Calgary and Nashville, like you said. Um I don't know how much I'd like to see a rematch of last year, as frustrating as that playoff series was. But you look how intense the last two games against Calgary were, that's going to be a tough series too. But I think if you had to pick one, I think I'd rather play Calgary. I think the Ducks play Calgary well. I think their goaltending's a little bit suspect, still a little bit of a younger team. And I think the Ducks could could take a seven-game series against the Flames. Nashville, I think, would be a little bit tougher. I think they're I think they're a better team than they've played this season. A lot of people had them winning the Western Conference this year. That's how good that they thought they were going to be, especially after that PK Subban trade. So there's always a chance that they could turn into that team. And they've been a great team at home, so it's it's a tough one. But you can't count out St. Louis either. I mean, they're they're only one point up on the Flames and Nashville. They do have a game in hand, but there's always a chance they could fall down there and the Ducks could play them. Um, and then there's, there's still, they still haven't clinched the Pacific, like you said. So there's still a chance they could fall down and possibly play, uh, the Oilers, uh, slim chance that they would, they would play, uh, uh, maybe the Sharks. It, it, it's tough. I, I mean, I think it, like you said, it's realistic that it could be Calgary and Nashville, but we'll have to wait and see these last few games for, for these teams here are going to be important. Yeah, and I, and I don't want to get into that. I mean, I know we do mention Calgary, but uh, as far as the Ducks beating them, but I don't want to say that oh, we're going to beat whoever because then that's going to come back and haunt us if we lose, like like what we did with Nashville. You know, a lot of people uh, wanted to play Nashville last year, and we saw what happened in a seven game series. So, I, you know, whoever if the Ducks win the division or not, and whoever they play, I don't really care. I think the biggest thing on most Ducks fans' minds out there is the health of the Ducks defense, and I think that's what we got to worry about. You know, as far as getting Lindholm, Vatn, and Fowler back, obviously Holter with his personal issues too. So we've got all this and Stoner too. So I mean, there's just all this going on with the defense is really the main concern for the Ducks. Um, you know, let's take a look over in the Eastern Conference. Stuff hasn't been settled over there as much, Eddie. I mean, uh, you have Washington, obviously, they're going to be first. They won the President's Trophy, which, you know, some people say that's a curse. But they're they're in there. you got Pittsburgh, Columbus, and the Rangers. They all made it in the Metropolitan, which we all knew that wasn't really going to be an issue. But then you go to Atlantic, and it's all crazy over there. You've got Montreal that's made it with 101 points, just like the Ducks. But then you've got Ottawa, Boston, and Toronto. All a point separates them. So still a lot to be decided in the Eastern Conference as opposed to the Western. Yeah, there, there actually are some matchups decided in the East. Um, the Rangers are going to be playing Montreal in the first round. There's no way either of them can move uh, up or down in the standings. Uh, and the Penguins are going to be playing the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets in the first round. It just depends on who's going to get home ice advantage in that series, um, which means uh, the rest that has to be decided is between Ottawa, Boston, and Toronto. Um, and th- the final playoff spot could be decided today as uh, Ottawa plays Boston today, uh, and all they need is a point to, to clinch a playoff spot, and uh, Toronto also just needs a win against Tampa Bay to clinch a playoff spot. And, and it, you know, I think 
if you look at the standings, it's probably going to be those eight teams that are currently in playoff spots that are going to finish there. It would take a lot of work for Tampa Bay or the Islanders to get into a playoff spot right now. And, I mean, it's surprising to say for Tampa Bay, I mean, we all thought they were going to be right back in, in near the top of the Atlantic Division this season and, and be a powerhouse. But, you know, they're sitting five points out of the playoffs with six games to go. They have no margin for error. They can't lose a game. They have to beat Toronto this today to pick up points. Uh, but realistically, it's just it's a tough. It's going to be tough for them, and I, I think Toronto's probably going to clinch a playoff spot within the next few games. And then we've got our eight set in the, in the Eastern Conference, and then it all comes down to who who has to play Washington in the first round, whether it be Toronto, Boston, or Ottawa. And I think they're all trying to avoid that right now. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about teams you don't want to play in the playoffs, yeah, I don't want to play Washington. <laughs> yeah. And that's one team that you want to avoid. And uh, ironically, uh, that's what, uh, if you caught it last week, uh, Phil Hewitt had his weekly show, and I was on his show. We actually talked about a little bit of hockey. His show is more of a national show about news, and we talked about funny things around the world. But we did talk hockey a little bit. And, yes, uh, he, he had asked me who I thought in the East would be the 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 top teams and I mentioned Washington, Pittsburgh and Columbus. And then he told me, well, pick one. I said, well, obviously Washington. So <laughs> that is the team that I would not want to play. That is the team that I'm pretty sure that most people think is the favorite, um, you know, out of the East. I mean, obviously Pittsburgh and Columbus are tough teams as well that, you know, they've been up there before. So we'll see what happens in the East. The Atlantic is obviously the weaker division, um, but some stuff still needs to get decided. So, you know, a lot of stuff going on. The final week of hockey, uh, nothing's been resolved uh, 100% yet, but, you know, the Ducks are going to take on Chicago, and then they're going to face the Kings, who are out of the playoffs. They're probably getting ready to hit the green right now. Um, They did help out the Ducks a little bit by beating Edmonton. I mean, if you care about, you know, winning the division, uh, they did help out in that regard, but otherwise, those are the last two games that the Ducks have, Eddie. Um, and like I said, I, you know, I like to see the Ducks, uh, you know, win out the last two games. Not not necessarily to win the division, but uh, you know, just to stay on a, a win streak going into the playoffs. But uh, you know, the biggest concern, obviously, is the Ducks' health right now on defense. Yeah, yeah, I, I th- it's going to be a tough game. Um, we talked about this before the podcast, but. In the since the Chicago's on the road, they probably don't sit guys like Patrick uh, Patrick Kane or Jonathan Taves. Uh, they're most likely going to be playing in this game, uh, so it's going to be tough. And you know they're the best team in the Western Conference, one of the best teams in the NHL, been a thorn in the, the side of the Ducks in, in the playoffs over recent seasons. So it's going to be a big game. I think it, it, it's a good measuring stick for the Ducks. Like I said, uh, mentioned before, they were twelve one and one in their last. 14 games against uh, teams in playoff positions. This is uh, arguably the toughest one out of those. The, the, this is a team that you could face in the conference finals. Of course, we don't want to see that, but uh, mm-hmm. if you can come out today, play a strong game, obviously it, it really doesn't mean a lot for both teams. Uh, but you know, they're, they're, both teams are still going to be fighting hard, and they're going to want to win, especially the Ducks. They're going to want to try and uh, get as many points as they can to try and clinch this specific division so that they can have home ice throughout the first two rounds of the playoffs. So um, it's a big game today, and then obviously the Kings in the, in the last game of the season. They always play us hard. They're going to want to – it won't really be playing spoiler, but they're going to want to try and grab some points off us where they can. It's going to be a tough physical game. Uh, again, lucky for us, these last two games at Honda Center, the Ducks have been one of the best teams in the NHL at home this season. So to finish on a high note, like you said, I think will be important, especially for their confidence and, and for John Gibson's confidence heading into the playoffs. 
You know, one scenario, too, Eddie, that may happen against the Kings, if the Ducks do beat Chicago, obviously they've had a tough time with them this, this season, but if they do beat Chicago and Edmonton uh, isn't able to get two points in their game, uh, you know, the Ducks could rest some players against the Kings if they have home ice wrapped up. I don't know if Randy Carlisle will do it. We, we did see Boudreaux do it, you know, in seasons past, so I, that's another possibility. Obviously, getting a little ahead of ourselves, they got to take on Chicago, which is no small task, but that's something to look for that maybe the Ducks will do that like you said the kings do play physical play tough against the ducks and you know we don't want to risk any more injuries so there's that's something to kind of look you know that may be on the radar as the season winds down on sunday yeah and you know just for everybody to know as well there is actually a clinching scenario for the ducks to clinch specific division tonight um san jose plays edmonton so if san jose uh, beats edmonton tonight uh, that would give San Jose 99 points with one game to go. They won't be able to catch the Ducks if the Ducks get a point tonight against Chicago. And that would leave Edmonton at 97 with only two games to go, and they would only be able to get 101 points out of that. So if the Ducks get at least a point tonight and Edmonton loses, then they do clinch the Pacific Division tonight. And that would, like you said, give them a chance possibly to rest players against Los Angeles. You're at home. You know, you do, you can call guys up for San Diego if you have to. You can rest guys to to prevent injury, and that might be something they might be more keen to do now after seeing Fowler go down with only two games remaining uh, before the playoffs. So, yeah, I think I think it's something to keep our eye on tonight. I'm gonna be scoreboard watching all night on uh, Edmonton San Jose game to see if the Ducks <laughs> have a chance. Yeah, and one one last final fan question too. Uh, you know, the Ducks are gonna play Chicago tonight. Uh, and Gary asked, you know, if the Ducks do get to the conference final, and it is against Chicago, which you know a lot of people are saying, hey, maybe the Ducks in Chicago again. You know, what do we think? Um, to me, I mean, I think the Ducks can beat Chicago in, in seven in a seven game series. I think it's going to be difficult. We've seen it before when the Ducks almost had them. Uh, well, they should have had them in five games. Uh, you know, if you remember that that mega, you know, double, triple, whatever overtime game that they had in, uh, I believe it was game two of that series that went forever, and the Ducks hit like five hundred posts. But um, you know, they could have won that series. Um, really, for me though, if the Ducks are going to even get to the Western Conference Final, get past the first two rounds, I know it beating a dead horse, but it's it's just really the health of the Ducks right now. It's really the defense. Um, Votnin and Theodore are going to have to step up. And that's really going to be the key, I think, right now for the Ducks. You've got Gibson's back. He's playing well. Bernie's been playing outstanding. The Ducks are scoring. Uh, you know, we forgot to mention Patrick Eves. You know, he's got 10 goals in 18 games with the Ducks. He's got over 30 now this season. So um, everything else looks right, uh, and I think the Ducks could do it. But they just got to make sure everybody, you know, if they don't have Fowler – I don't know. It's going to be interesting, but I think they can definitely, uh, you know, uh, compete with them for sure if both teams do meet in the Western Conference Final. Yeah, and and hopefully by the time they get there, too, Fowler might be back. I think this is a different Chicago team than we've seen before. I think they're they're obviously still a good team. They've been uh, very good all season. You've got guys like Kane, Taves, Panarin, who are the, the key pieces of this team. Obviously, Duncan Keith as well. But I think there's a couple of key reasons why they're a little bit different this year. I think they're a lot younger. They've got guys like Hartman, Hayden, Hinnestrona. They've got Smaltz playing, like a lot of rookies playing. They have been playing very well, but come playoff time, that could change. And I think the goaltending for them hasn't been as key as you would expect for them. McCord Crawford's been decent this season. Uh, Scott Darling's been pretty good for them at times, but they're, they're both kind of iffy this season. And, and you know, the special teams for the Blackhawks are, are in the bottom half of the NHL. They're 18th on the power play, 24th on the penalty kill. So they're not great all around this season. Something, I mean, 
they have 108 points somehow still. With all those things mentioned, they still have 108 <laughs> points, so they're still the best team in the Western Conference. But I think it's a little bit different makeup than we've seen in the past, and I think there's a, a chance that if the Ducks get to them in the, the Western Conference Final this year, uh, the Blackhawks have arguably a tougher route, and, and I think it could be the year that the Ducks move on and, and beat them in the Western Conference Final. But it's going to take a lot of effort. It, it's very difficult going into United Center and getting wins, and the Blackhawks will have home advi- home ice advantage in any series that could happen in the Conference, uh, conference Finals between the two. Yeah, so that'll be that whole matchup game as we've talked about. We've seen, especially like with the Ducks and Edmonton, we've talked about and uh, some of the other opponents. So keep that under wraps, though. I mean, that's a little bit far away, but, you know, the question was asked, so we'd like to answer it, obviously, and try to get to as many of your fan questions as we can. Uh, the, the only other big news left, Eddie, is the Olympics and the NHL or the lack of the Olympics and the NHL. So Gary Bettman's putting his foot down. Uh, he, he's saying just say no to the Olympics. And some players are upset. You've seen uh, Ovechkin come out and talk about it. Uh, uh, Tamu was upset about it. Uh, a lot of people upset about it. What's your take on this, Eddie? You know, why did the league do it, and, and do you agree or disagree? Yeah, I'm going to come out and say right away, I don't think it's a good decision before I give my opinion because it's a little bit of a, probably an unpopular opinion. But I don't agree with them banning players from the NHL and saying you know, we can't go. But I get where they're coming from. I understand that they want to prevent injury. They're, you know, the NHL is a business. The players are part of that business for them. They make them their money. They don't want them to go and get injured, and they don't want to interrupt the NHL schedule at an important part where teams are racing to get into the playoffs. It's arguably one of the most exciting times in the NHL season, and they're going to lose their superstars for two weeks and, and have to cut the schedule for two weeks where they go and play in the Olympics. So I get it. I get it from a business standpoint. It makes sense. It's obviously disappointing for the players, but you have to think the players have not always gone to the Olympics. They've gone to the Olympics for, I think, it was the last the past 20 years. Before that, it was amateur players. And maybe it's a time, to, it's a chance to give it back to the amateur players, let them play. You know, you're playing in the NHL. I think if you're a player in the NHL, you should respect their decision, no matter how much you don't like it, no matter how much you want to go to the Olympics. You're playing in the NHL. That should be your number one priority. And if they say don't go to the Olympics, don't go to the Olympics. It, it's disappointing, but you have the World Cup of Hockey. You have the World Championships. Obviously, not at the same caliber and same prestige as the Olympics. But it, it just it's just my opinion. I think if you're a player in the NHL and they say don't go, don't go. Even if your owner says you can go, I just say stay, play the season, don't go. I mean, your team should come first. You know, I, I kind of go along with you, too, on this. I mean, I I mean, I get it. You know, like Tamu saying he's been in six, you know, Olympics. You know, he should be able to go. Uh, you know, of course, ovechkin has been outspoken about it, too. Some of the other star players have been talking about it. I get it. If they want to go and do their thing, you know, that, that's what they want to do, then do it. But like you said, on the other flip side is you've got these other uh, younger players that want to go play and do their thing. Um, you don't want to always take up all their spots, too. The other issue is the schedule with the NHL, uh, players getting injured. You know, We saw that in the World Cup of Hockey. If you remember, some players didn't go, uh, even though they maybe weren't really injured, but maybe they just didn't want to get injured. Uh, you know, I'm not going to call out anybody, but we know that there were some people that didn't go because of that. Um, so... I mean, I would let the players decide if they wanted to, but I kind of lean on the side of what you're saying is that it's probably better to, you know, go with your team, do what you got to do. Like you said, if they do the World Cup of Hockey, maybe more often, um, they can look forward to that. 
you know, and, and I mean, yeah, it's the Olympics, but I, I still think the NHL takes priority. Though my my thing is, if a certain star player wants to go, um, then it's really between him and you know the owner and, and the management of that team to try and figure it out. But it's definitely interesting. A lot of people are really upset about this. You know, it's a big topic. So um, you know, the NHL saying no to the Olympics. So that's that's kind of the latest on that. And like I said, maybe if they could have the World Cup of Hockey a little bit more, that might make it a little bit better, Eddie, because you know they'll have that before the season. They can kind of do their thing there, and it doesn't really interrupt the uh, NHL schedule. Yeah, and even even having the World Cup of Hockey every four years, like the Olympics, or even every two years, to have it a little bit sooner, I think that's fine. I get it. I understand it. The players want to represent their country, especially players like Ovechkin, his family, with their their history with the Olympics. I understand, and and obviously wanting to win a medal for Russia. I you know it, it's understandable. Uh, I get where they're coming from, but. When you when you're looking at it as an NHL fan and and you're saying you know they're going to be gone for two weeks of the season, we all watch Olympic hockey. But for me, even if the even if the NHL players don't go, I'll still watch it. You know, I mean, and I'll still be able to watch NHL at the same time. I just think if you're signed a contract with a team, you know you're you play for that team. In the example of Ovechkin, he plays for the Capitals. You know his 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 country is obviously with Russia, and he, any chance he has the opportunity to go play for them, he should be able to, unless it interferes with the team you've signed a contract for. So I mean, the NHL, the the team that you're you're <laughs> you play in the league for the NHL, and I just I just doesn't it doesn't make sense for me for them to to go and forfeit playing for their team to go play for their country at the Olympics. And and like I said, I understand where they're coming from. It's just you know the team should be your first priority, and I think when you have chances like when they give you chances like the World Cup of Hockey and the World Championships to play for, and those don't interfere with the, the your team, then go. You know you don't see players going and and forfeiting the playoffs to go play in the World Championships, and obviously it's a less high caliber event than, than the Olympics, but you still don't see it. And and there's a reason the World Cup of Hockey is before the NHL season, so that it doesn't interfere with the schedule. So I, I mean that's just where I'm coming from. Obviously, it's the the unpopular opinion right now. A lot of people think they that they should go, but you know, I mean, if if the league's saying you shouldn't, I, I think you should you should agree with what the league's saying. Yeah, like you said, it's a, it's a contract, you know, and if you're going to abandon your team, you know, for five or six games, I mean, well, I mean that's kind of on on you. I mean, it's a tough spot, no doubt. You know what I mean? I, I see both sides of the argument, uh, you know, and it's something that we'll probably talk about in a couple of future podcasts. So if you have more questions or comments about that, we'll definitely uh, talk about it more as that uh, develops. But um, as the playoffs come up, you know, we're looking forward to the Ducks. See how they do. Where they're going to finish up. Uh, you know, we did have a watch party uh, when the Ducks played uh, the Jets. We are going to try and have uh, one each you know, round. Hopefully the Ducks go multiple rounds. But, uh, you know, keep your eye out for that. We'll be posting some stuff about that. Um, and uh, we'll just go from there. Uh, also, I mentioned that, uh, you know, I was on Phil Hewitt's show. If you haven't seen it or heard it, it's uh, philhewittandfriends.com. So check that out. He does a weekly show. Uh, like I said, it's on more world topics and things like that. Not so much on hockey, but I was on there last week, and uh, we kind of went over some funny things and had some fun. So check that out if you get a chance. And uh, with that, we'll be back um, You know, probably with a playoff preview, Eddie, as the Ducks uh, wind up the season with these final two games. So let's go, Ducks, and we'll see you in a week. 